There's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. We are uh, recording remotely, which is always mm-hmm. fun, but this time is uh, probably the most fun because of where you're at. Oh, yeah. I'm in Hawaii. For anyone that doesn't know, podcast never stops, though. We got to stay always podcasting. I'm obviously out on the beach right now, as you can tell. Uh, I might not have car sounds in the background, but I cannot promise uh, some screaming kids at the pool might turn up every once in a while. So hopefully this one sounds good enough for everybody out there and we can have a great Apex conversation. The podcast never stops. Can't stop, won't stop. This episode today is sponsored by Redesign. Today, we're going to be going over some news and talking about some significant leaks for upcoming content. Before we do any of that, though, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Follow us on Twitch. If you'd enjoy watching a stream, let's make it happen. If we can make a sprint to affiliate in April, we're going to go hard to make the stream even better. There's some fun stream stuff. It's looking good. Are you excited for the stream at all, Henry? I'm really excited. We're getting together some cool graphics and, you know, the page is already up. It's looking clean. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. We hope to see you all there. Uh, also, if you'd like to help continue the third party podcast and the community we've grown, please consider supporting us on Patreon. The support recently has just been absolutely insane. With your pledge, you can receive bonus episodes, exclusive behind the scenes content, replica weapons, and much, much more. We've just had an awesome live hangout with our patrons, which we do each month. It's a really fun chance to get some FaceTime and a private Q&A. Your support just means a ton to us. We look forward to chatting and playing with our awesome patrons. Before we do anything else on Talk News, let's hear a five-star review. Review today coming from Matt Wu. I started playing at the start of Season 8 and have been thirsty for info and advice since. I've been listening to the pod each week as well as going back and working through some of the older pods, and they're great. A couple weeks back, I emailed the guys for some advice, and not only did they get back to me straight away, they even asked me for more info to better advise me. In a game that occasionally can be salty, I was totally blown away by the guy's commitment to helping the community. Easiest five-star review I've ever given. Good work, guys. Keep it up. Appreciate it. Our community is the freaking best. We love to do anything we can for our community, whether that means answering questions or handing out any form of advice at all. Now, before we dive into news, we have a bit of a kind of news, but also a bit of a public statement. Um, Apex Legends crossover with the LA-based clothing brand Chinatown Market has officially been postponed, as some of you may know. Uh, There were officially plans to reveal Apex skins as a collaboration between the two companies, uh, but since then, Chinatown Market has announced that they are rebranding. The reason for this is an increased violence and discrimination against our Asian community. As outlined in a U.S. study of police reports by the California State University, San Bernardino, which indicates that hate crimes against Asian Americans increased by 150 percent in 2020. We want to stand alongside this decision to rebrand in order to show awareness and respect for the Chinese community. Additionally, we are very proud that the third party community acts as leaders online. We do not condone any kind of violence, discrimination, or abuse of anyone based on assumptions generated from online political rumors designed to divide us. In Apex, it's clear that teamwork pays off, and it's incredibly heartbreaking that there are people out there that intentionally tear each other down instead of working together. As a global community, we are fighting COVID-19, and we will continue to work hard. 
I believe that uh, we can eventually return to a healthy world. Thank you for listening and continuing to connect with friends and gamers online where we can all come together during this global pandemic. Well said and absolutely seconded. With that, though, let's dive into the rest of the news in the Apex universe. First piece of news, Twitch drops have officially been enabled for the ALGS. So now you can link your Twitch account to uh, your Apex account and tune into the ALGS. Last weekend, viewers received the Lifetime Mirage Winds Tracker, Honorable Mention Badge, Banner Pose, and Legendary Banner Pose. Uh, That went incredibly well. Over the weekend, Apex hit over 200k viewers on Twitch, breaking some records for them, and more specifically, around 50k on the Play Apex page during the ALGS, which normally receives around 5k viewers. What do you think this means for the success of Future on Twitch with Apex? It's something that has been rumored for a long time to be coming, and it was great to finally see it in practice. Yeah, we've been anticipating this for a long time. It feels like many, many Mm -hmm. months. Um, It's great to see. and really. It's just been epic seeing all the growth and popularity for Apex uh, as of late. Um, I'm really happy with this. Yeah, it could be really cool. We could have in the future, you know, drops for streamers, creator code. There's lots of proven success now. And the devs are on Twitter pretty much talking about how excited they are and teasing that there's more things to come. So the future of Apex and the streamers specifically, it's very bright right now. Uh, Apex ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Next piece of news, Respawn has announced the Apex Legends Global Series Championship with a $1 million prize pool. This is set to follow the winter circuit. It's a similar setup and structure to the previous ALGS, just with an increased prize pool. That is already getting a lot of the pros incredibly excited, and we know how healthy that is for the pro scene. Absolutely. It's really important to have kind of the esports mechanic uh, for a live service game, and I think what Respawn has done with the ALGS over the past year of doing it all virtually uh, has been really, really impressive. Um, It just feels like every single uh, circuit has improved and it doesn't seem like that's slowing down. Yeah, it's been absolutely fantastic to see them transfer from land to online. Uh, By no means an easy feat. And there are some bumps along the way, but it's running smooth as ever right now. And it's been absolutely fantastic to watch the pro scene continue to grow. And the more of you that are tuning in to get those Twitch drops and watch, the more people are going to be educated on the pro scene and the more likely Henry and I will be to discuss it and talk about it. For sure. Next piece of news, there's going to be some Loba improvements coming in season nine, according to Daniel Klein. Daniel responded to a comment on Reddit stating that both bug fixes and quality of life changes are incoming. He also interestingly said the difference between the playtesting version and the live version of Loba are currently night and day. That's yeah. a big statement. That's, like Daniel does hesitate to make big statements like that sometimes. Yeah. And usually when he speaks to big changes, he's kind of a conservative guy. He, he mm-hmm. says like, I'm kind of nervous about this change. Um, to say a legend is night and day is essentially saying they're opposites. So. I'm not sure if this is just a a phrase, but that seems uh, something to keep an eye out for sure on. Um, Shay and I really like Loba uh, right now, and we see a lot of opportunity for her to uh, get some improvements. And so this is something that we're certainly excited about. Super excited. Loba has a soft spot in both of our hearts. And I think 
her being healthy would just be so great for the game. It's frustrating to have a character's ability pretty much not work at times. Not something we really want to have happen in Apex. So yeah. Next piece of news, though, we have some more confirmed legend changes coming in Season 9 via our new favorite source, Reddit. First of which, Octane. Current plan is to increase the health cost for his stim, but balance it out by letting you stim again much sooner. Does that make sense off of first listen, Henry? Yeah, it certainly does. I mean, I I think that the delay in between stims uh, is kind of a tough obstacle. You know, you have Mm -hmm. about a second in between stems where you can kind of get away, but still you're going to be outpaced by a grapple or even a bracelet. Um, And so being able to actually chain together stems and to maintain that pace in order to, you know, catch up with the bloodhound and ult, I think is really important. But uh, looking at the health cost could be scary. Um, You know, no other legend really harms themselves in order to activate Mm -hmm. their kit. So it's something that I think needs to definitely be be careful with that. I'm yeah. kind of hesitant to get too too excited, but I do think that's a cool change. It is always interesting to see uh, someone on your team get like stim hurt themselves, yeah. and they're like, "Oh man, where'd you get shot from?" Like yeah. the, the little freak out there. If you're not used to playing with the octanes, and there's also going to be a horizon change, planning to reduce her mobility by reducing how quickly you can. The word is wriggle, W-R-I-G-G-L-E, back and forth as you go up her gravity lift in turn, making her easier to track. Kind of a change I think we theorized might be coming for a while. Yeah, we we anticipated this would happen at the beginning of season eight. Um, we're pretty confident that that was going to happen, uh, that it was a dial that they were going to move on her. Um, looks like it'll be, um, you know, maybe season nine. Um I think this is a really good change. Um, it seems like she gets a lot of the invincibility and in that it's really, really hard mm-hmm. to hit her as Wraith does, but she also gets the the really fast movement and verticality and for the whole team. So her tactical is really, really strong right now. I think that doing this at the minimum would bring her into a, a more fair range for a mobility legend. Totally. And she'll still be strong, Horizon Mains. Don't Without worry. Without like- taking this away and it won't be taken away completely she'll still be a very strong viable legend next piece of news some updates to the heat shield they have now been returned to regular and ranked pools permanently and fast heals have been removed from heat shields with the removal of fast heals from heat shields correct me if i'm wrong but this means fast heals as a whole has been removed from the game entirely yep big win uh definitely uh a pat on the back and a round of applause. This has been <laughs> a mission uh, for, I'd say, over a year. Um, yeah. Well, like pre-season four, maybe even three. Um, Started with They've Life wanted Line. to do that. Mm-hmm. So it, this is something that maybe people are sad about. You know, I certainly miss them a little bit. Um, but this was a long-term goal that now seems to finally be uh, circled up. Heat shields. We'll we'll talk a little bit about them uh, in the future. But what mm-hmm. are your thoughts about uh, kind of them being in the in the game permanently now? Yeah, I mean, I think just them being in the game permanently, we're gonna see over the next month or so. How do the best players and how do players in general figure out how to utilize them? And is there real use for them 
in comparison to kind of like how the survey beacon has just floated by and not many people have noticed. If this, you know, gear can find a piece of location in the game to be successful, then we might see a lot more fun gear coming into the game in the future. Uh, I didn't use it a ton during the event, and obviously I'm in Hawaii, so I haven't been uh, playing so much as of late. So I'm definitely excited to hear about people's thoughts on this and see what the future holds for Heat Shields. I'm really, really interested in just the the piece of equipment. It seems fascinating to me. A little counter to what a normal BR might be, the kind of gunfights that uh, the developers want us to have. But I think that it's definitely a future topic idea um, because this is a, a big shift and there's a lot of strategies and impacts associated with it. No doubt about it. Next piece of news, the Watson quote-unquote bug to skin has been fixed. So the electric blue skin from the last collection event had missing textures and is now fixed from the all-white model that appeared, uh, and now it is a nice staticky blue. Looks pretty solid. Um, Players have been refunded, plus keeping the original skin. I just need to throw in here, I didn't realize that it was a bugged skin, and I thought the all-white skin was like one of my absolute favorite skins i told henry like the day it came out like if i don't pull this in the one or two packs i'm gonna buy i'm gonna craft this bad boy like it's really cool and i don't even play watson so slightly disappointed that it was a bug uh but the new one's pretty cool too (laughs) yeah it's so funny you know a lot of these recent skins have had texture issues um it's Mm -hmm. the first time really that's happened across the board but there's been a lot of different, you know, hands, missing textures, things like that, um, which has been interesting. It's a totally new issue that they're resolving quite quickly, but mm-hmm. it's just weird to see that it's now kind of a thing. It is great to see, though, like with missing textures, issues with the skins, and now even people with games that are crashing consistently, they are rewarding people who go through these issues, though, and trying to make it up to them. They are They care about their player base, which is what we always say and we always love. Next piece of news, Fuse changes incoming according to Daniel Klein. Uh, We learned in this Reddit post that Fuse has the lowest win rate across all skill buckets. Fuse did not come into the game as powerful as they wanted, and it was noted that the legend's power is difficult to predict unless they have meaningful mobility, which is kind of an interesting quote to pull that I thought we might be able to talk about, but also fascinating and good to hear that. Fuse does have something uh, coming with the next season, theoretically. Didn't really talk about what it's going to be, though. Yeah, I'm definitely on the edge of my seat if there's (laughs) actually going to be a change next season. I I felt like there have been so many promises of legend changes, um, and they've been a little bit behind on uh, what they've maybe Mm -hmm. intended to do, uh, which they have a lot on their plate. But with Fuse, yeah, lots of really interesting stuff to pull from this. Um, you know, I understand how it can definitely be hard if they don't have, you know, significant mobility and um, it can be hard to predict. At the same time, you know, it's like, are we going to predict that Loba is going to have a really solid win rate when she drops mm-hmm. or um, Rampart? You know, it, it, it seems like, I don't know, it. I don't think that Fuse's kit was overcranked like Horizons was, and it didn't sound like that was intentional. Like mm-hmm. they, it seemed like at least Daniel wanted to bring in Legend Strong, and that didn't happen. And so I kind of question 
why, but the answer here is that it's really hard to balance abilities that blow stuff up. Um, yeah, which make makes a lot fade. of sense. It does mm-hmm. make a lot of sense. So I'm curious as to what will happen. It's going to be really interesting. And I think it's kind of uh, important to note that while mobility is maybe easier to judge, it was interesting because after Horizon released, we heard all the love for having a legend come in strong and them saying they want to do it in the future again. And we know, though, that Fuse was probably already locked and loaded, ready to go be, you know, by the time Horizon came out. And so maybe it was too late to adjust. And like we just both said, very difficult legend to kind of put just like little tweaks on that would like up to power like him. It's not a rework, but it feels like it's going to be more of like an additional amount of abilities and like serious power that kind of move him like up a little bit if that's the intention. Yeah, I'd like to see little tweaks across all mm-hmm. three abilities, to be honest. Totally fair. And now we're talking about promising changes. We got a Rampart change on the horizon. Uh, Rampart has the second lowest win rate in the game right now, according to Daniel. Uh, but Daniel says they have some spicy plans for her, but the earliest that it could happen is mid-season 10. So temper your expectations, Rampart mains. Uh, it's going to be a bit of ways away before we get something uh, really powerful. And probably part of this is we've heard rumors that and Daniel's told us that he's working on the season nine legend or the season 10 legend. We don't know yet for sure. Uh, and so that is a very big voice in the community. You're taken away from making balancing changes, which really pushes things back. Yeah, we we recently spoke about Rampart and the defensive legends and kind of spoke to what we feel about her. but. I think this uh, this kind of teaser that there's something spicy coming from Rampart mid-season 10 is a major indicator as to what the season 10 legend might be, uh, just based off what you said, Shay, about how we know he's working on a legend, and we know that the legend that he's working on has a similar ability to Rampart's passive and that it's tied to a weapon class. He kind mm-hmm. of gave us an indication that it's similar. So... I think this is kind of a little teaser as to what we might expect and also kind of an indication as to what element of Rampart's kit uh, could be uh, elevated a little bit. So stay tuned, but I guess we have a long ways to wait. Totally. We got a lot of other things to focus on until then. Spicy is always a fun word, though. That can go a lot of different directions. Next and last piece of news before we dive into leaks, official Apex Legends comic book series called Overtime is going to be launching on June 2nd. It's going to be four entries in a series written by Titanfall writer Jesse Stern. Comics are going to be made available physically and digitally. Uh, You know how we feel about lore and content. It's all good, all fun. We'll definitely be keeping you guys updated on this stuff as it comes out and get our opinions. What are maybe some of your thoughts, though, about them pushing more lore into, you know, another form of media in like a physical comic? I think it's awesome. You know, I was really impressed with the quality of the Pathfinder's Quest book. Uh, we were anticipating more of a graphic novel. Um, and so I'm really excited to to see what they can do uh, on a physical comic book. And the fact that there's going to be four of them is really cool for a, for a first series. So I think this just opens the door for more and more lore and media associated with Apex. And I think we're all kind of hanging tight for a TV series or mm-hmm. a special or some sort of, 
extended lore video would be pretty awesome. Totally. And now before we get into breaking down some leaks, we're going to talk about our sponsor of the episode, Redesign. Redesign is launching an innovative pre-workout product, which improves the experience of taste and consumption through easy-to-use sleeves. We've partnered with them to give away free third-party hats as well as discounted memberships to our Patreon. If you're interested in supporting their venture, head over to their Indiegogo to pledge your support and get some awesome rewards like merch or Patreon support. That will help us out as well. Link in the description to check out the page. This week, they are also doing a giveaway with no purchase necessary. They're giving away seven prizes, a third-party and redesigned hat, three one-month master tier Patreon memberships for the third party, and three boxes of dry screw products for you to try out. All you have to do to enter is put your phone number or email to be contacted if you win. Link in our description. The odds are certainly in your favor to win something. Definitely go check it out. Are we going to be able to uh, enter this one, Henry? I, sir, <laughs> I would really like to. Um, it's a really good deal and Supporting these guys has been really fun so far. No doubt about it. We are now going to talk about leaks, uh, one of which we know a lot of people are really excited for us to talk about. But as always, we want to give the caveat that if you're not interested in leaks, uh, no worries. Skip ahead. We're going to answer some questions at the end of this show. Uh, I'll put the timestamp in the description for when we talk about leaks uh, for anyone that's not interested. And the first set of leaks are coming from our guy at Shrugtool on Twitter, and it's what to expect for April Fools. The Gold Mozam is going to be making a return. 19 damage per pellet, 9 rounds. This gun was an absolute monster last April Fools. Are you excited for this one, Henry? Yeah, this is going to be really fun. Um, you know, by the time people are listening to this, they're probably already uh, experiencing it. Um, it's pretty awesome. It was really fun last time, and this is just going to be epic. Yeah, and we got more though. There's also going to be a gold P2020 that does 25 damage a shot, plus an extra 7 ammo, and 190 damage if you shoot somebody while you're on a zipline or a balloon. That's going to be a fun one. I Shrug can't also. believe it. Yeah, it's going to be really crazy. I'll just read these other things real quick, then we can talk about the P20. Uh, Shrug also like that there's going to be some sort of air horns going on during the uh, event, so that could be interesting, and just that there's going to be a lot of gold weapons as well outside of these two that we've just talked about. What do you think about the P2020 and that whole zipline slash balloon thing, though? I think that's nuts. Like, I, I think that's so awesome. Definitely going to be playing a lot of Pathfinder and try to zipline at people. Um, it should be a fun day. Um, but everyone in our community, you know, that's listened to our secondaries episode, they know that P2020 hammer point and even the Mozam, just the stats are really in your favor to use it as a secondary on April fool's day. It's going to be no joke. So it's going to be no joke that day uh, for sure. Prepared. <laughs> okay. Big leak coming from at bias 12, uh, and that is the leak of Blisk and his abilities. But we do want to lead with something just by mentioning that these are abilities that we honestly thought we would never get in the game for a couple of reasons. Uh, devs have said that Titans won't be coming to the game. They've been saying things like it's against the rules when it comes to game development. And the other quote that might lead into the leaked abilities by Chad Grenier has essentially said, 
There's two powerful choices when it comes to adding Titans. Make them so powerful they take over the game or have them lose their fun and weaken state. It's something we'll probably talk about here in a second, but it is also important to note that when it comes to wall running, there's been similar things said by Daniel Klein, calling it a sugar rush mechanic in the game. It's important to note, though, that both the designers did not say the stuff will never come at all, you know, which kind of comes in line with the leaks we're getting. Uh, so maybe this bliss leak is just them trying to figure out how they want to introduce things like this into the game. If you didn't know, we're going to be sharing bliss leaked abilities. Do we want to just rattle them all off or do we want to go one by one on these? Let's one by one, because I think okay. each is uh, pretty significant. Okay. We're going to start with the passive. The pilot kit is the name. Giveaway, maybe. Bliss can hack survey beacons using his data knife. Bliss can also wall run. Very interesting combo, and already we're at wall running. Yeah, um, it gets intense pretty quick uh, here looking at these leaks. But the first thing, I guess, to look at it chronologically, um, you have some thoughts about hacking survey beacons. And that maybe that's a different interaction than uh, than the recon passive. Yeah, so he is listed as a recon legend, so he will have the ability to scan survey beacons to reveal the next location if they come to the game. But then hacking is set entirely separate in the passive. And I was thinking, does hacking mean that if some if you hack a beacon, will it show somebody that scans that beacon? The incorrect location and then that is just man that would mess up henry and i's strategy real good or that would be a legend we really value in ranked play it i'm really curious about the the verbiage there because i'm not really convinced that it would be able to actually change you know other people's scans because you wouldn't really be able to tell if it did anything mm-hmm. um but I don't know. I'm I'm really thrown off by it because I think maybe it could disable the mini map or uh you know do something. I I'm really curious about the the hacking terminology. So if anyone has any guesses, they want to, you know, slide into our Discord. I'd totally. love to hear some theories on it cuz I think it's one of the weirdest, you know, notation elements of this leak. But Yeah, no doubt. Let's go into this whole wall running idea as a passive. Yeah, so we have talked about wall running a ton. One of our first episodes, we theorized a pilot kit coming into the game. Henry and I are huge Titanfall fans. And something that's kind of important to note, at least with the three maps we're on right now, none of these maps are built for wall running. It's not built for it to be an impactful skill in the map. And so that would either mean if this comes then either there's some adjustments to maybe how it plays or it's not supposed to be as powerful and maybe you can still find uses for wall running in the game as it is right now. Or our next map that we're theoretically getting might have more room for wall running, but then there's always the issue of, okay, then we rotate back to another map for ranked or stuff. Does someone lose power? They've never really put someone's power directly into a map intentionally at least. Yeah, I I think... So I guess first start with the positive. Wall running and Titanfall is a really incredible ability. You're mm-hmm. always doing it. It's extremely fast. And that's, I think, Fine. the key part. That not only are you coming at someone from a direction they might not expect, but you're doing it really, really quickly, um, which is interesting. So having this as a passive is definitely a mobility-focused 
uh, kit where you can run faster if you're running on walls. Mm-hmm. But like Very Shay says, it is. But like Shay is saying, in that the maps aren't really built for it. And most situations where there are, you know, accessible walls, you're inside or it's a really small building. So you're more doing like wall jumps, uh, which doesn't seem like it could be too impactful. And then if it is the case that maybe the next map next year is built for wall running, that's really, really risky because, you know, we have abilities like the bracelet that, you know, has issues working Mm -hmm. on different maps. So if you have an ability that is coded to work on one map or in these certain abilities and it's inconsistent and you can't use it everywhere, that's a, that's a really low tier ability, no matter how good it is. So I will also note that I think I personally slept on, uh, soft landings with horizon Mm -hmm. and that passive Mm -hmm. it is more useful than it reads and that you do have a little bit of an advantage wall running i can maybe predict that it could be the same thing where Mm -hmm. yes on the vast majority of locations and the vast majority of fights it's you know not even an option but it could really make the difference in a lot more situations than maybe i'm thinking of so it's certainly a spicy ability, but mm-hmm. we'll see. I'm trying to reserve my opinions on it, um, but we never thought we were going to get this. Not at all. Spicy is a fantastic word for this one. Let's talk tactical now. Called My Ring, My Rules. This creates a damaging zone powered by the arena's ring. Uh, this is kind of the ring fury we just played in the LTM, and it is theoretically deployed through a throwable grenade. This is kind of a fun, weird one. What were maybe some of your first thoughts hearing this tactical? Yeah, so the first thing is, you know, we had the LTM. A lot of people didn't really like this idea of uh, rings that were unpredictable and Mm -hmm. kind of obstructive. So putting this into a Legends kit, I think, is uh, certainly a risk. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm really curious by how it would work. You know, right now, I'm trying to think of, something that would be most similar to it, maybe a gas grenade. Um, but, you know, the duration is not very long. You know, like Gibraltar's bubble only lasts 12 seconds, um, mm-hmm. which is a significant time. But how big is this, you know, artificial ring that Blisk is going to deploy, stay around? And how big is it going to be? I think is a huge, huge question where I don't know how much we can say before we really know those specs just Mm because I don't really know how it could play. It could be a really small, it could be really big. It could be like an ultimate size. Like Mm -hmm. I I don't really know how to gauge the power, but one thing I can ask and speculate on is, will this tactical scale its damage with the real ring? Big question there. So early game is this tactical, not strong. And as you get later into the game, does it get stronger? Because if so, that's an unprecedented legend ability that could be really interesting looking at late games and win percentage and but also the early game. So yeah. it's a really weird tactical, if you ask it, me. 
It's so weird. And that's a really good point. Like we just had the whole caustic argument of we don't want a legend to be built for the late game and have the high win rate over a certain time period in games. And if it is scaling with the ring for our damage output, it seems like it would line up with that very well. So there's definitely a lot of room to see where the power comes in this ability. Could be very interesting. Super excited if it comes to the game to see how it plays. Stuff from just as simple as how far can it be thrown will be so yeah. interesting. Like we see range impacting fuses ultimate so much on people's opinions. Like there's so many intrinsic things here that can be incredibly impactful to the power of this kit. Let's yeah. talk about the big bad though, the ultimate. Not bad in a bad way. Just Nicole at the big bag. Stand by for Titanfall. That is the name. Blisk summons an auto titan to suppress an area. I believe it was timed out to around six seconds. This is correctly. Uh, what were your thoughts on seeing this in action on the camera and then maybe theorizing about what it would look like in your head in game? It was first off shocking. Like mm-hmm. I was really shocked. Never thought I would see that uh, in the Apex game engine. Um, the next thing I thought was that's epic, you know, having a tight end is something mm-hmm. that uh, we've theorized since not only day one of the podcast, but day one of the game. So uh, it's definitely something that we've been excited about if it comes into the game in some form, uh, whether it's PVE or campaign or, or some sort of legend kit, perhaps. Um, but yeah, th- those are my first thoughts. Um, but there's some other things to point out. Yeah, and I will say the first thing that came to mind was super cool, weird how they finally would theoretically incorporate it. And I think that's something key to talk about these leaks entirely is we don't know when this playtest image could have come from and we don't know what the final abilities could theoretically look like because there's not actually code in the game right now for this. It is just this playtest footage, at least that's been leaked. But I thought the quote from the game developer, Chad Grenier, was so interesting saying like, how do we bring Titans into the game and not make them too powerful or not make them lose their fun? And losing their fun is such an important thing because I think this ability would be very cool and very fun for people that aren't familiar with the Titanfall universe. Players like you and I who have come from Titanfall and can get in a Titan and such it's not going to be as cool dropping some in just for suppressing fire when I'm like, I want to hop in there and take control all by myself. And so I do wonder what the final version looks like uh, and how it will theoretically play in game. If this is what we get. I think that's a really good point. And that Titans are supposed to be this epic experience and this play test didn't necessarily seem epic. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's also important to point out that, it looked like it was incredibly early development um, for the whole kit. The icons definitely were not in their final version. We had Wraith's tactical icon posing for Blisks. We had probably uh, not final images across the entire uh, kit description. And then mm-hmm. even for this Titan, you know, we had some UI elements that were not finalized. Uh, a lot of things pulled from uh, kind of Lifeline's uh, game code. So. I think that it's possible that it could get more exciting as a legend, just because I think it's clear this is still early development. And Um, I think it's important. You can keep going, keep going, keep going. I was just going to kind of go into observations about the kit and about the Titan. Mm -hmm. 
um, like you said, um, the Titan comes down. It's called in like a care package. You have your Titan fall. It's all great. Um, then it's going to fire an LMG. And we don't have any indication as to what the damage is, what the damage area is, if there's going to be a suppression effect. Um, but we do know that it drops down and just starts firing in front mm-hmm. of it. So, and it, you know, kind of swivels in a, in a cone. Um, but then after about six seconds, at least in this play test, it self-destructs. Um, so, you know, that's very interesting. Um, and then the final thing is that the Titan has a weak spot on kind of where its face would be. And so you could even destroy this with a weapon uh, after it's called in. So looking at all those in unison, it doesn't necessarily seem like a very powerful ability. In what situation mm-hmm. will you have the chance to call in a Titan, wait, and then have it face the right way and be at the right elevation in order to hit some shots? I, I worry that it will just become a thing that will distract enemies a little bit and maybe draw their fire away for a few seconds when I don't know, but maybe a Titan should be a little more than a diversion. Yeah. That's not the wow factor. I think we want out of a Titan. It's just like a diversion. So it's very interesting to see. And I think it is important to note and continue to build off of what you're kind of talking about just by saying, this is such an interesting kit as a whole. Like there is not a lot of congruency from passive to tactical to ult, which is kind of something we have been seeing with recent legends. Like the abilities do build off of each other in scale and ways. And so I definitely think it's important to know early development. This is a week we want to talk about it because catching so many headlines right now and any excuse for us to talk about Titans and Titan of fall is one we're going to take up. Uh, Seeing this actually come into the game would be exciting because I trust that this is not probably the final product and that there is room for there to be more, I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for, like synergy with the kit maybe. And just it feel a bit more like like an Apex Legend kit rather than like, let's just pull abilities from Titanfall. Yeah, it's definitely appropriate to have, you know, very compartmentalized abilities for legends like gibraltar's works well together but each ability is distinct that that mm-hmm. can be really good but also you know horizon all three of her abilities work in a seamless you know experience and same with fuse you know being able to carry more uh grenades and having you know a tactical that is associated with that as well and you know having that cohesion is pretty important um so we'll see i, I i'm excited to see the future of this blisk and uh, I think it's definitely exciting to maybe get a Titan in some mm-hmm. uh, in some form. We'll keep you guys updated on the leaks and such. This is kind of when we get the rumors of who's coming next. And so right now we have Blisk. There's been some rumors about Valk. So we might talk about that on an upcoming episode as more information comes to light. But you guys, if you're interested in leaks, we'll keep you in the know. We're going to wrap up this episode now by answering some five-star questions henry hit us with the first one. First question is going from jedward123 hey guys love the pod i would love to see either the tsm team or zyla brad come in the show what do you think are the chances of making that happen keep up the great work 
We also got a five-star question from your new guy. You guys are great and I love your show. I think that you should do an interview with Zyla Brad. And I know that there's that's a real stretch because of how big he is, but I would love to see that. We'll have, think, to, we'll have to put in some more emails and try to use our connections to find Zyla Brad because that's someone that has been mentioned a lot, but totally right. He's very big. Tough for us to get a hold of some of those people sometimes. Uh, we have a little bit of a connection to the TSM boys. And so if we are interested in doing some pro scene talk and stuff or having that on the show, that is something that we might be able to make happen more reasonably. One thing that we always tell you guys is we love that you enjoy the interviews and that Henry and I enjoy the interviews so much. The interviews are unfortunately some of our uh, not the best performing episodes from a podcast standpoint. So and that's why you don't see us doing interviews, you know, every month a couple times because they are really a really fun and good time. Next question coming from Bridges to Ashes. Great job, guys, and thanks for staying so in touch with the third party community. What do you guys think was the most broken moment of Apex? An example was when you could one head one shot headshot with a PK or put AR scopes on a prowler. Thanks for the amazing pod and keep up the hard work. It's a fun question. That's definitely a fun question. You know, I I think it's hard for me because I try to look at Apex in a positive light all the time. Um, mm-hmm. you know, actual broken features. I think we could talk about, you know, some glitches, but when things get overpowered, um, and it stands out like the ones that Ashes here mentioned. I think the Prowler in its prime when we yeah. were really advertising it was pretty epic. Um, I think it was hard was to insane. not want that gun. Like there was a period where the Havoc uh, was really, really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would just pick it up every single time. But the Havoc still, you know, has issues with range and you know, recoil. So I think the Prowler was probably the most consistently solid weapon that was just outclassing everything. Um, and that was pretty cool. Well said. I liked it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're Prowler fans. <laughs> yep. Uh, next question coming from Dr. Dak Shud. Hey guys, I just want to thank you for giving me great tips on helping me improve. And even though I only started listening at the beginning of Chaos Theory, I have gone back and already listened to all of your episodes. You guys have helped me get the 4K and Apex Predator badge. My question for you is, do you think items like Octane's Jump Pad, Stun, and Rampart's Walls should have skins? Thank you. I think that is a great question, but holy heck, listening to all the episodes back, um, impressive to say the least yeah we should hook up with a badge that's that's wild um i think it'd be fun to have skins on like the crypto drone and lifeline drone and all that kind of fun stuff um obviously it's a lot more uh work for the dev team to do that kind of stuff you know we already as we kind of mentioned have had some issues with skins recently uh, and so make sure we get the system under control before we do that kind of fun stuff, but I would not be against the idea at all, but maybe you are uh, the other side. Henry. Um, I, I'm not sure. I think that it's a quite a big workload on the design t- side to do that. Um, and I, I was really nervous about the hollow sprays. I was mm-hmm. worried that you were going to transform the map and it was going to get crazy. But the fact that the hollow sprays are temporary um, I really, really like because I think it just makes the game look clean. 
I think if you start having a bunch of buildable abilities like the jump pad or Watson pylon, if you give it skins, I think it'll kind of just mess you up the game a little bit. As cool as it would be, I think too expensive. And I just think it would change the vibe a lot. And mm-hmm. that's not something that I really want to do. Very good point. Last question coming from Moose Coops. Hi, Shane Henry. I've been loving the podcast since I found it a couple of weeks ago. I have a lot of episodes to catch up on, but I really appreciate the analysis you bring to the show and the episodes I've listened to. I've been playing casually since season three, but only started playing seriously this season. A couple questions for you. What are your average KDs? What is the best way to practice accuracy with different weapons in the firing range that translate the best to actual gameplay? Love the pod. Hope you stream moving forward. Streaming coming. Check out the Twitch. <laughs> Thanks so much for the review, Coops. Um, why do you want to know our KDs? Do we need to prove our credibility here? Um, I don't even know it right now. It's been too long. I'm in Hawaii. Yeah, I mean, I'm hovering around a 1.4. Staying uh, above that is definitely my goal. Um but essentially, I don't do a lot of firing range practice. Um, I find it really difficult to to feel like that is beneficial on standstill targets. But I did. I was just shown how to make uh, the dummies move, and it is pretty cool. So I might start yeah. using the firing range more um, based off of that new hack. Mm-hmm. That is definitely a nice little uptick. Uh, I use the firing range more than Henry does. I'll just say, shoot the moving targets. It's going to be a bit more impactful to like the actual translation into the game. But I think Henry brings up a good point. Like the best way you're going to practice is playing the game, and it's not going to like the big squares aren't going to fully train you for the game. I don't remember my KD off the top of my head. It like lifetime. I think I might get like a one six maybe, but. Moose Coops, I'll give you a full answer on the Discord once I get back, if you're in the Discord. And I know, and I can look it up off the top of my head. Fun episode, though, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe on Apple Pods. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Follow us on Twitch and check out the Discord. Both those links are in the description below. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Peace. Hey, now, another squad coming in. Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.